Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Syracuse is playing for the national title. It's too long, and Syracuse is your national champion. Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network, with episode 40 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast. This is a uh, an emergency edition, almost of the Believe in Syracuse podcast. Some big recruiting news for Syracuse football landing quarterback transfer Carlos Del Rio Wilson from Florida. He is a former four-star recruit, an Elite 11 finalist, one of SI All-American standouts at the Elite 11 finals during the summer of 2020, signed with Florida out of high school, an elite recruit in the 2021 class, as I mentioned, was a top 150 player according to 24-7 sports. So this is just a big get for Syracuse all, all around. Um, this is a guy who, if Syracuse got this caliber of a player out of high school, I think a lot of people would be freaking out going, wow, how did how did Syracuse pull that off? You know, that's that's the type of thing we're talking about here. This is someone who had offers from Arizona State, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Louisville, Miami, Michigan, NC State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and a host of others um, out of a uh, high school in Georgia. During his high school career, he threw for over 5,500 yards, 50 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, ran for almost 900 yards, and 13 more scores. So a huge get for Syracuse football. And I'm going to get into what this means for Syracuse's quarterback room here in a minute, but later in the episode, I should say. But first, I want to bring on John Garcia Jr. from SI All-American. John saw Carlos Del Rio Wilson live during the Elite 11 Finals. He evaluated him as an elite recruit as part of that 2021 recruiting recruiting class, as part of that cycle, one of the top quarterbacks in that class. And so he's got fantastic insight into exactly what Syracuse is getting here. So that's what I'm going to do next is I'm going to bring John Garcia Jr. on to break down the get for Syracuse, the player for Syracuse, and and what he can bring to the program in terms of his talent, his ability, and his, and his upside. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to our website and use your mobile device to sign up using the promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Now joining us is John Garcia Jr. from SI All-American to break down some breaking news for Syracuse football, a significant addition to the 2022 roster in Florida transfer quarterback Carlos Del Rio Wilson. And John has uh, experience watching it. Del Rio Wilson in person and evaluating him as one of the elite quarterbacks in the 2021 recruiting class, an elite 11 finalist. John was on hand in person to watch him perform and listed him as one of the standout performers. So there's no better person that I'd rather talk to than someone who has that much experience watching uh, Syracuse's new quarterback commit. We know quarterbacks are always the talk of recruiting classes and are always um, a, a way to get a fan base hyped up. That is certainly the case with this edition for the Orange. So, John, I'll just ask you a very simple question, which is what is Syracuse getting in Carlos Del Rio Wilson? Well, Mike, he's a big physical passer with a great upside athletically. He's probably got a big chip on his shoulder on top of that. But from a quarterbacking standpoint, this kid's got a big physical arm. Uh, the right arm is incredibly live. The motion is clean. The release is relatively quick. Uh, going back to the Elite 11 run that he had, which was one of the best in the country, we were just so surprised about the consistency uh, that we saw from Del Rio Wilson. You know, he's, he's always been a confident kid, uh, but in that setting against, you know, Caleb Williams and some of these quarterbacks that have become household names, you know, he was among the top competitors at that event. And that's not something we anticipated going into it. So he's got the ability to outperform uh, expectations. You know, before that point, he was a two-year starter at McEachern High School outside of Atlanta, one of the better high schools in the area, really productive as a sophomore when he kind of broke out and became this important recruit, followed up with a nice junior year uh, before that Elite 11 run. So that was kind of the apex of the, the Carlos Del Rio, at that time Del Rio, not Del Rio Wilson, uh, experience. Um, and then he had, you know, he was trying to transfer as a senior and kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Uh, and then he went to Florida where it was a super deep, uh, quarterback room, obviously, last year with Emory Jones, uh, Anthony Richardson. He was, he was buried on the depth chart and collected a, a red shirt before that coaching change. So uh, total reset for him, something he's already gone through to a degree uh, as a high schooler. But now it's, of course, different uh, as a college quarterback. But look, when you're 6'3", 225, a good athlete, confident with a live arm, there's a lot you can do and a lot of schemes that you fit into and I think with what Syracuse wants to do and trying to go fast uh, with that running element of the quarterback position still a threat I do think schematically it's it's a nice fit uh, on top of the ability to you know just reset and, and get a change of scenery and kind of start over of course and that's kind of what the transfer portal is for right that's that gives opportunities for guys who go to a place where there's a lot of other elite recruits and they get buried on the depth chart and they can go try to find uh, a new spot where they can start over reset, as you said, and, you know, potentially find a spot where they can showcase their skills and they can get on the field a little bit easier. So this is kind of the reason that the transfer portal was such a big deal for players. And now you're starting to see it come to fruition where a guy who was a former elite recruit, right? Some places had him as a top 150 player, you know, depending on which service you look at and, you know, sports illustrated has him as an elite 11 finalist standout, all of these things. He goes to an sec powerhouse 
doesn't quite work out there. He sees the writing on the wall that he's not going to see the field anytime soon and decides to leave, but he's still got four years of eligibility left. So this is exactly the situation that the transfer portal was built for, but then is also where a school like Syracuse can get a player like this into their program, develop them. And in a couple of years you go, wow, how did Syracuse end up with a guy like that? Yeah, that's a really good point, you know, and, and on top of all that, Mike, he's very fresh. Like I said, he had some complications as a senior in high school and then redshirted last year at Florida. So really since that elite 11 run, he has not been viewed very often publicly. So I think there's a lot of untapped just uh, knowledge or availability in terms of knowing what he can actually do. He, like I said, always been a big physical prospect. You would imagine in an SEC strength and conditioning program, he's a little bit more fine-tuned from a, a physicality standpoint, but probably stronger and more functional as well. So uh, that only increases maybe the expectation with, with what he can do athletically. And again, the arm talent has always been there as well. So yeah, change of scenery for, I mean, dozens of quarterbacks has been uh, just what the doctor ordered uh, across college football, really forever, but of course, more so in the last 10 years or so. I mean, how many transfers won a Heisman Trophy or or a national title, or both, you know, in, in Joe Burrow's case, uh, quickly coming to mind here. So it is just something that is becoming normal, like you said. And, and yeah, I think the combination of um, him needing to reintroduce himself to college football and, and just starting over internally with a new coaching staff, a new scheme that, that he fits into, I think it makes a lot of sense for both parties. Now that he he is coming to Syracuse, he arrives on campus um, on, I believe he said the 30th or the 31st. So he'll be on campus in the very near future, enrolling and, and getting integrated into the program. Realistic expectations for year one, but then also what is his ceiling beyond just this next season? Because we know he's going to be battling an incumbent in Garrett Schrader there. Right, an incumbent who's, who's known for his athleticism and running ability first and foremost. So I think that presents something interesting from, from an, a throwing standpoint, from an accuracy standpoint. You know, Del Rio has a lot of arm power, uh, accurate, short to intermediate. Uh, and that's where, you know, going back to the Elite 11 tape, it was really that, that pro day, you know, where it's scripted throws. Every kid goes through the same script. It was the consistency in the intermediate accuracy that really stood out with Del Rio. And then you pair that with the athleticism he shows while throwing on the run. And then all of a sudden you, you get intrigued a little bit. And he was kind of, again, the surprise of the entire event uh, back in, in 2020 COVID year, a lot going on. And he came out and showed out up in, up in Nashville. Uh, so I think realistically for year one, obviously schematically, he needs to dig into the playbook and catch up because there is an incumbent starter. There are other quarterbacks that have been on campus much longer than he but I do think when it comes to the combination of athleticism and the ability to push the ball down the field, he could eventually be the guy at a school like Syracuse that you look plays indoors, wants to go fast, wants to play in chunks. Those are things that really do align with his game um, from a balanced quarterbacking standpoint. And obviously when the Orange has been its best of late, they've had that type of, of quarterback, whether you go back to, to Eric Junji or, or even Ryan Nassib prior to that. So I do think that he fits that a little bit closer than a couple quarterbacks that are on the current roster. And, and look, the game of college football, Mike, is about talent acquisition and then figuring out thereafter. So a lot of programs have brought in multiple quarterback transfers. We see huge battles at Auburn and Nebraska that are really just going all in with as big a quarterback room as possible. So it doesn't surprise me to see Syracuse doing something similar because 
attrition, fluidity in the quarterback room and just roster management in general, that's an issue every school is facing. Uh, and if it's it's there at the quarterback position, it usually means that the cream will rise to the top. And I think that's what Del Rio is banking on. And the last thing I'll ask you about is just his arm talent in general. When, when you and I were talking offline, you mentioned to me that he has a strong arm. So uh, break that down for Syracuse fans, what they can expect from an arm talent perspective with, with Carlos. Yeah, I think when we talk about strong arms in, in football and quarterbacking, you know, conventionally you think of the deep ball, right? You just think of someone who can launch it 60 yards, and that's fun and all of that, but it's really unrealistic, right? It's like a 40-yard pass. Like you're never going to see that per se in a game itself. But when we talk about arm strength on this side of the business, it's about the ability to get the football to a catchable point when things aren't perfect, because football is not perfect, right? If, if you're sitting in the pocket, stepping up with a clean uh, space in front of you, delivering the football with balance in your core, yeah, it's probably going to look good. But how are you when it's not like that? Can you do it on the run? Uh, can you can you hit that deep dig route when there's a defender in your face? That is the arm strength that we're talking about here uh, in general and with with Carlos Del Rio he's shown the ability to throw off of his back foot drop the arm angle a little bit and still create enough velocity to to fit it into a tight window and that's the stuff that should get you excited as a college football fan in general when your quarterback can do that off of the script on the script it's like it's like huddle highlights everybody looks good in their highlights but off script when it's not great how do you look in in that regard and I think the combination of his big frame, again, 6'3", 225, maybe bigger at this point since we haven't seen him, um, and the arm talent uh, and athleticism all together, you know, it just creates just a larger margin for error for the offensive line, for the wide receivers running their routes, even the play callers to a certain degree. That's why the whole game of football has shifted to this type of, of quarterback from an athletic profile standpoint. So he's still got to prove it on the field. He, he needs reps. It's been two years, all of that, absolutely. But in terms of the arm strength and the physical gifts, you know, Carlos Del Rio on that roster could be the most talented at the end of the day. John Garcia, Jr. from SI All-American. Thanks for your time and your insight. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, boss. Take care. It's tailgating season and no one does it better than Hoffman's Sausage Company. Beer bratwurst, jalapeno cheddar sausage, kibasi, and bun-length chicken sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and snappy grillers, and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. Really appreciate John taking some time for us to break that all down. I thought he gave some fantastic insight, and it tells you the talent level of the player that Syracuse is dealing with here. So what does this mean for the quarterback room? Um, I think this means a few things here. First, it tells you Syracuse felt like they needed a guy. And we know that there were reports that came out regarding Justin Lampson's injury, right? The fact that he suffered an injury after the spring game where he was absolutely fantastic during the spring game was a huge positive from that spring game. And I think a lot of people had high expectations and high hopes about what he could do during training camp this fall. Could he really push Garrett Schrader for that starting job? I think there was some... Um, you know, hope, but maybe he was a dark horse candidate to win that job. So with his injury and the uncertainty about what his availability is going to be, I think the fact that they got this guy, they got Carlos Del Rio Wilson, that tells you that they're not sure what his availability is going to be this fall. 
Because I think if he's available, given what he showed this spring, what his potential is, Syracuse brought him in as a recruit. They are very high on him. He's got experience in the playbook from being here, uh, going through spring with the new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach. And you've also brought in Dan Valari, who went through this past spring and, and all of that. So you know that you've got a transfer in Valari that came in. You've got the incumbent in Garrett Schrader that's already here. And you have Justin Lamson, the recruit, who's got a little bit of experience in the program and in the system um, already here as well. So that gives you three options. And then you've still got Jacoby and Morgan, who started for you a couple of games as a true freshman and, and flashed a little bit. So, you know, you've got four quarterbacks there that you feel like your quarterback room is is pretty solid. And I don't think a guy like Carlos Del Rio Wilson, A, comes in, or B, you're able to get unless you feel like Justin Lamson may not be available this spring, this fall, I should say, for, for the upcoming season. So, again, we haven't heard official word on that. We don't know what the situation is there. But I, I think this move kind of tells you where that is probably headed. Uh, but we'll wait until we see what the official word is there. What this also signals is, you know, Syracuse didn't bring in a class of 2022 quarterback. They've got one committed for the class of 2023 in Lenora Sellers. So now they bring in two guys in Dan Valari and Carlos Del Rio Wilson, who have multiple years of eligibility left. Del Rio Wilson with, with four years, as we mentioned, he redshirted during his one year at Florida. So now you've got young talent in addition to uh, your incumbent starter, and this is kind of how your quarterback room is supposed to look, right? You want a guy who is your kind of established starter, the guys behind him are young and talented and can push him a little bit for that starting spot, be ready to step in and play if the starter goes down, but also is the guy that you could look to as the future once the starter um, either you know loses his job due to injury, loses his job due to performance, or, or plays exceptionally well and leads uh, to turn pro or exhausts his eligibility. So that's this move kind of checks all of those boxes, right? It's someone with a lot of talent. We know that from his high school ranking, what he did in high school, um, etc. And it's also someone with a lot of eligibility remaining. So he can push Garrett Schrader. He can, he's got that high ceiling. But if he's not quite ready right away to take over that job from Garrett Schrader, You've still got Garrett Schrader and Dan Valari there. One of them wins the job, and you've got Carlos Del Rio Wilson there, who you can turn to if you need to due to injury or whatever else, and yet he could still be viewed as the future guy once he's ready to be the full-time starter. So this, this checks all of those boxes. I think this is about as deep and talented in terms of high school recruiting rankings that Syracuse football has had in the quarterback room in quite some time. Um, I know there was some discussion about that when Eric Dungy was was a senior and, and Tommy DeVito was uh, you know a redshirt freshman behind him. 
um, about that being a, a good one-two punch at the quarterback position. Um, didn't quite work out with Tommy DeVito at Syracuse, uh, which happens, but um, you know, I don't think any of these guys are, are necessarily what Eric Dungy was. I think that's a high bar to set, but the, the point is you've got options. And for a Syracuse team that needs to win games, and we know what their running back is, you feel like if you even have an average college quarterback in terms of his ability to throw the ball, Garrett Schrader is way above average in terms of his running running ability. Even an average thrower of the football, it completely changes the dynamic of this offense. And I think has the potential to make them a pretty potent and pretty dangerous one. Now you've added another quarterback to the mix who can challenge Garrett Schrader, who can push him and also be ready uh, if Garrett Schrader gets hurt and needs to go out for a game or a play or, or whatever the situation is. But also, he's athletic enough. Maybe you can do some funky things, right? You bring him in, you split Schrader out wide, you put them both in the backfield, you confuse the defense a little bit. Now that you're going to see that you know, a lot, but it gives you some options if you want to throw a trick play out here or there. Either way, I think it makes the fall extremely interesting with the quarterback battle. You've got the incumbent in Garrett Schrader who's trying to improve as a passer to prove that he can be more of an all-around quarterback and, and keep the offense from being one-dimensional. But he's the incumbent. He's got the experience. Um, he's ex- extremely competitive. He's well-respected and liked within the program by teammates and coaches. They love his leadership and his competitiveness. He has a little bit of that it factor. And again, he's the incumbent. Now you've got the guy in Carlos Del Rio Wilson who is going to be the high, highest-rated recruit um, of the bunch that's going to be competing for that job, perhaps the highest ceiling of that group. He's going to be coming in, but he's also going to have the least amount of time with the playbook in the system, getting chemistry with his teammates, etc. And then you've got Dan Villari, who came from Michigan, who has a little bit more experience than Carlos Del Rio Wilson, both in terms of seeing the field at the college level, but also being here this spring in terms of his knowledge of the playbook, he's going to be there as well fighting for this job. I think those three make it a really interesting quarterback battle. And if you happen to have Justin Lamson available, given what he showed this spring with those four, man, that would be... That would certainly be something to watch, for sure. I, th- I think it's there's reason to be excited if you're a Syracuse fan about what the potential could be at the quarterback position. We'll see how it shakes out this fall. Of course, we will break it all down for you. And of course, we will have full analysis throughout training camp. And uh, of course, as the season gets going, Syracuse opens the season with a home game against Louisville, which should be a, a very interesting way to start the season. That'll do it for episode 40 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast. I'm Mike McAllister. I appreciate John Garcia Jr. for taking his time uh, to spend with us and break down Syracuse's new shiny quarterback toy. That'll do it for this episode, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.